you know, should I buy this NFT? Don't buy that NFT, you know, <laughs> like that's, it's like a very, it seems so simple. And it's, again, it seems a little bit crazy that nobody else in, in my perspective right now, I look all the time, I cannot find anybody else that's trying to do what we're doing. And this is almost a year into developing this platform. Nobody else has jumped on it yet. And the only reasoning that I can come back to here, well, there's two. One is that people say, well, the blockchain is the blockchain. And so you don't really, if you have the token address, then you don't really need to know all of that. And I don't think that that's totally valid, but I understand the argument. And the other part of it is that, you know, people cannot integrate AI into blockchain. It's, it's not an option. The languages don't mix. You know, there's too much strictness in blockchain for you to be able to say something has to have a hundred percent authenticity for it to be able to be minted on my chain. You know, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't work. And this is where, you know, a ride chain is really looking to make qualitative, you know, assessments of, of this work and AI, right. Is using this, this data to then say, yes, you can mint. No, you can't mint. You can receive a verified badge if it's above a certain threshold. And if it's not, then you might get a warning flag, you know, saying, Hey, there's, this is not, a verified piece of artwork, you know. So that's that's kind of where where our push is, and and yeah, I'm 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 pretty surprised that there aren't as many people in the space right now working on these these solutions. The boys got PhDs when it comes to talking about NFTs, and that's nifty. That's nifty. All the great artists, they come to this place to talk about the crypto space. And that's nifty. That's nifty. That's nifty. Your hosts for tonight's podcast are Tyler, Larry, and Slime Sunday. Damn, that's nifty. Tyree, how's it going? Good. How you doing? Fantastic, man. What is it? Thursday? <laughs> it's Thursday somewhere. Yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> so I got myself Tyler on here and then Larry as well. Yeah. Nice to meet you, man. Thanks for taking nice some time. Nice to meet you as well. Thank you very much. I'm, uh, I'm excited to be here with you guys tonight. Where are you guys <laughs> located right now? Uh, a little town north of Boston called Danvers. Yeah, I know Danvers well, actually. I'm, I'm originally from New Hampshire. Ah, um, so, okay. Yeah, I, <laughs> I grew up in... Unexpected. Yeah, yeah, I, I grew up in, I I grew up in Manchester, well. New Hampshire. So oh, Manch nice. Vegas, let's go. Manch yeah. Vegas, baby. If we, had the, uh, if we had the video zoom on, I actually have a Manch Vegas uh, sweatshirt on literally right now. <laughs> Unbelievable. Rapid. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So I think it was um, Rich that got us in touch, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, we work with Rich on he he helps us out with a bunch of uh, partnerships and, and, you know, doing some marketing PR work for us. So, yeah, he connected us over here. Nice. He's a good dude. Yeah, he's the best. Yeah. I love working with those guys over at uh, Flux 88 and Engagency. They're they're rock solid. Yeah. Yeah. They've sent us over a couple people now. Um, really enjoy those guys. So AI, right. Um, what, what's your role within that company? I'm the chief strategy officer. So, um, and I'm and I work uh, really closely with the uh, Orai Chain Foundation on on a lot of uh, you know business development 
uh, beyond AI, right? But you know, that is my my baby right now is is getting getting this market ready and and starting to shop it around a little bit. So yeah, most of my time is spent on uh, the platform. So the platform is you know marketplace, obviously you know our NFT marketplace on our chain mainnet, but also um, Oracle services. We uh, have a, a whole suite of AI Oracle services. Uh, for NFT authenticity that are super awesome and I think are really kind of pivotal, especially where we are right now in the NFT game. Yeah, no, I, I thanks for a little bit of a rundown. I was doing, um, you know, just our just a little bit of a run through and on a background of the company. And I guess uh, just looking back to kind of when you guys started, what was, um, I guess, where were you in like the inception or the idea kind of ground level, I guess, from um, when this whole you know concept was developed? So I actually uh, I came on board with a chain back in um, in February of last year, right before their mainnet launch, because uh, you know they have this in, the data hub at chain is a really revolutionary concept, work to earn, um, mm. you know. So you know, <laughs> labeling data and um, and um, and and organizing data sets to you know, earn a living from actually inter interacting and enriching blockchain oracles. So it's something that really doesn't exist, surprisingly, in, in uh, the blockchain space too much. So when I when I came on board, I was really excited about that and accessibility to, you know, equitable work opportunities for people. Uh, but I have a long history in entertainment and in uh, a ride chain, definitely wanted to leverage that to try to uh, to get my uh, my opinion on uh, on AI right in that suite of products. Uh, and so I've actually been with AI right from the very beginning. Uh, you know, there were tutorial videos from before the launch and, you know, I made all of those videos and, you know, was working with the white paper for the product before it was really public. And, uh, and I've been with them all along, but really uh, started to focus more exclusively on AI right in August as uh, chief strategy officer. Hey, so a little background about us, like usually on a podcast, we're just talking with creators, right, that are using these platforms to publish their NFTs and get their art out there. So we're not like super deep in like the blockchain knowledge. Can you explain like what the, an AI oracle is like at a high level? Sure. Um, uh, so let me explain really specifically, um, you know, oracles are you know, obviously being able to take off-chain data and feed them into smart contracts to, uh, you know, generate a response output. So, you know, price feeds are really important for lending protocols. Um, obviously in trading, you know, you want really accurate price feeds for your DEXs. All of those things are, are super important. Uh, and we, so the AI right suite of AI oracles is actually being able to take, um, being able to take an image that exists, maybe it, it, you know, right now we've uh, gone through and cataloged all of the images of NFTs on Ethereum, uh, Binance Smart Chain, Solana, and uh, we have a database basically by which originality can be measured. So uh, when you go and mint your NFT, it runs through that Oracle first, and then has to be verified with a high level of originality before it can be 
uh, a verified original piece of NFT work. Right now, we're not uh, completely limiting people from minting work that has less originality. But I think that that, uh, you know, as people want to implement our Oracle into their platform is absolutely an option, you know what I mean? To say that something has to be a, above 90% or so, you know, threshold to be able to mint your NFT with, uh, you know, absolute ver verification of authenticity. And it's, it's really important not only in the blockchain space obviously there's a lot of fraud in the blockchain space people go on one platform will steal artwork from somebody and release it on a different platform on a different chain where they don't think they'll get caught um and i mean it's just it's everywhere you can't really get around it but it becomes really important when you're looking at other types of media too in music you know when people are going in you know taking mainstream artists and and music and uh and releasing it you know alongside of their nft an ai oracle can actually help that copyright infringement you know and and actually increase the value of the nfts that are on your marketplace you know with a bit more you know guaranteed you know authenticity there's there's less of a chance of legal repercussions from you know redistributing or reselling works that you don't have the rights to so um and of course you know museums art galleries you know people you know this is all off-chain data is kind of untapped right now and i think a lot of people kind of take it for granted right people are like okay well what what is an nft and and you know if i can just right click and save it then what what's the what's the big deal you know and so you really have to have a response from that other than you know well i'm the owner it, you know you can really go and say well no this is actually you know spongebob you're not the owner of of SpongeBob and you know you don't have the rights to distribute SpongeBob's image and it doesn't matter if you did a you know a fan drawing of SpongeBob it's not it's not your idea it's not your property you know and uh so that's that's a little bit of where we're you know where our head is is being able to bring those bring that functionality into the NFT space so that we can you know raise the bar a bit on the quality of of work and also expand use cases for NFTs beyond what they are right now that's wild, man. I think what a great functionality to have. Like we've, we've definitely talked to artists that, you know, have trouble with this where they're like, you know, they don't want to get ripped off. And, you know, we've talked to collectors too all the time on Twitter and discord. And, you know, there's always a little bit of like skepticism when usually on like Tezos, that's where um, it gets a little dicey where, you know, this, you don't know that much about the artists or don't do as much research as you should. Maybe you could get ripped off, but yeah, that's, that's a great product to have. I, and, and the way I read it online didn't really read that way. So I'm, I'm glad that I'm getting that context. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think when I, it's funny, when I talk to my real hardcore artist friends, they're like, I'm never doing NFTs, you know, because I don't want somebody to steal my work. And I'm always trying to tell them like collaborating with this product is not necessarily you know uh creating an nft you know it's actually an opportunity to protect your artwork you know um ultimately by being able to add works that you don't want minted as nfts into this database that you own originally you're protecting yourself from somebody being able to go and and steal that artwork in the future so i think it's i think it's a big deal you know and and we're still in the early phase of of people understanding how 
blockchain and AI can really work together, you know, at all, you know, they're, they're like, well, I have blockchain. So what do I need AI for? AI is Google. And that's, you know, people taking my, my data without permission and, you know, and, and selling it for, to third parties and all that. And, you know, this is really a great, I think, application, initial application of AI and blockchain for something that's very much in the mainstream still today. And, and that kind of touches on something I, I wanted to ask uh, at some point was like, what are the conversations with like the artists that you're 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 talking to about the platform like um, and then like what's the learning curve for them and, and how do like, you know, how, generally, how do those conversations go? So a lot of a lot of artists in general um, that are fine artists are skeptical, as I mentioned before, about getting into the NFT space. Um, and I've walked people through the process of of minting and all of that. And obviously, ETH is still where the majority of the traffic is. So people that are even familiar with blockchain are not necessarily familiar with a chain. You know, a chain is still a tiny market cap product that that has been primarily built in stealth. You know, that's really hasn't come into its own yet. Um, as a layer one chain. So I, you know, it, there's, there's been some different learning curves that we've had to, you know, go. And so to, to lower the bar there, we've actually made it easy to create a wallet and verify your wallet super simply with your email address. We've, you know, gone and, and, you know, dealt with the issue of, of having to um, fund your wallet by removing minting fees. So there are no fees to mint on AI right at all. Uh, and our gas fees are, um, you know, 0.000001 awry, which is like, you know, a, a thousandth of a penny. So yeah. for every transaction, you're not really dealing with, you know, this, this math that you had to do in your head where you're saying, okay, well, I have to do like 70% profit to see 30, the 30% profit on something that I bought for two ETH or, or 0.2 ETH, I mean. Um, so, you know, that's, that's kind of, you know, the different approaches that we've taken, you know, and, and right now we're really um, in a foundational stage where we're just laying all of the groundwork, you know, being able to support uh, video, uh, audio and uh, images all with their own separate AI model for to be able to, you know, vectorize and make sure that, you know, each of those uh, pieces of work are original, you know, because you can't really just run it through the same AI model. You need something to look at every piece of work against the data set that applies to them. So, um, you know, that's that's been the, the big push here. And then, you know, adding 1155 standards for, for multiples, uh, you know, as well as our 721 standard. And then having, you know, a kind of unique take on on royalties as well and approaching that a little bit differently than it's uh, it's being handled on ETH right now. I, I can imagine there's so many data points that you guys would have to like capture in order to check against authenticity. I mean, I'm imagining like 3D art and like an MP4 format, like the length of it, like there's and then you have the music, you have the visual aspect. And it takes a while to like it's not it's not a fast process to to you know verify the authenticity of a video you know um when youtube posts something it lets you post the video and then you know over a course of a week or so it might discover that you know your work is infringed and it won't it won't clear you to be able to earn ad revenue off of your um your video that you post on youtube so it's 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 not a fast process for for anybody right so it's 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 interesting especially as we're trying to you know approach nfts in a 
in a different way where people want that kind of instant gratification of I can go on right now and pay this fee and mint this NFT and list it for sale, you know, all in an hour or whatever it is. Uh, it's 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 not as quick as that for for AI, right? You know, um, minting is still very fast for images, but when it comes to more complex data like music, like video, it, it takes more time. And when you were talking about um, work to earn, were you talking about uh, someone basically employing their computer to do these data classifications, or is this like manual by hand, like a human suit? No, uh, so so in the Oriya Chains Data Hub, we we have both AI assisted uh, data data labeling and and manual data labeling, where a person can go in and you know uh, look at whatever data sets are available for them to pick up work and and annotate that data so that you know the 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 data set is more enriched and you know has a larger number of contributors to that data set. What's really great about it too is that it's not like a you, you know you could earn depending on who is creating the data set and what they put in that pool for rewards. Uh, you can also you know you can earn that fee of, of whatever you get for working there, but you can also you know earn royalties in perpetuity on the use of that data set. So every time that data set is used in the future, you are you are earning royalties on that. Well, that's cool. And what is um what are the other staking benefits? Because I saw that that was a big part of it as well, right? Um yeah, so um, staking on on uh, AI, right? Yeah, yeah. So we have right now we have um you know really simple so Airy token um AIRI you know is only available on Pancake Swap right now on Binance Smart Chain, and we have you know some farming benefits for that where you can contribute liquidity to the uh to the LP uh with the BNB pairing and and earn uh I think it's up to 150% APY right now which is pretty fantastic and then on a single staking airy token you can earn um you can earn about 50% APY on that pool and all of those are really great but right now we're taking a move as we're as we're moving um the airy token over from Binance Smart Chain and over to uh, Ori Chain Mainnet next month. We're really taking a turn towards focusing on uh, NFT staking and uh, infra infrastructure for um, creators to be able to create their own staking pools and and contribute their own um, gallery tokens to that uh, oh. staking pool. That's what I like to hear. That's I true. think that's so important. That it's like a lot of people are already viewing NFTs as like an artist token in a way, right? And it's like this would give collectors like a way to govern themselves in a way. Yeah, and absolutely. And, you know, one of the, you know, not to get too deep into it, but we, in the very early days of uh, AI Write, which was really only eight months ago, but, um, you know, when we first started out, we, we launched tokenized galleries uh, right away, uh, which let people to basically turn their you know, non-fungible uh, assets into a fungible pool of tokens that can be traded on DEX. Uh, and it was just interesting to see how people used it uh, right out the gate because they, a lot of people were like, okay, now I have, now I have my gallery, right? And my gallery is a place for me to sell my artwork with my token. And it was a little bit cyclical, cyclical and, and didn't quite, you know, hit the point of what a tokenized gallery can be, which is, 
you know, a, a floating value for an artist collection, you know, an artist might release an NFT collection that's a limited, you know, sort of collection and people are depositing their NFTs into this gallery to receive a token of this gallery. Um, but holding that token actually should grow in value as that artist continues to make more work as the work becomes more popular as they go on and you know become a creative director for some for nike for whoever you know like that's that's the type of stuff where where people's careers can really begin to you know um feed back to their their their, their value as an artist beyond you know their track record of sales you know and be looking back and saying oh well i sold an nft and this is the finite value of that body of work you know there's there can be a little bit more speculation on that body of work and also in having a token of your gallery um, there's an opportunity to offer benefits to your holders you know whether that's through um, staking or farming your nfts and being able to let people earn um, some passive income off of that, whether it is in sharing royalties, you know, if the first person that buys your work, you know, deposits into this gallery and they're getting a piece of, you know, the royalties from all of secondary market sales for all of the work ever, then there's a lot of value for, you know, people to jump into collections early and to be one of those early adopters. Yeah, I'm thinking the reverse too, where you could even be um, a fledgling artist, right? You want to get started. And you can kind of crowdsource your growth in a way if you have like friends or like some sort of following, you know, across like a different, you know, art form or something. You could yeah, really that's actually something that we're we're launching this year as well as uh, crowdsource. So this is where we're sort of pivoting from what the gallery started out as into what it's going to be now. We're really trying to uh, reframe it as an artist launchpad doing this tokenization where. Um, you know, you can essentially, yeah, crowdsource, fundraise a collection and um, and the works can be split and the tokens can be split amongst all of those holders. And then royalties, too. You can set it up however yep. you want. That's crazy. Yeah. So it's a very it's a very different system than than what exists right now. And, you know, one of the other you know aspects of our marketplace, again, we, we've touched on royalties a couple of times, but our royalty protocol is is really a bit different than what you have on Ethereum right now. So uh, a, a person that buys an NFT can actually set a temporary commission on an artwork. So there's more incentive for them to go out and promote a collection, you know, because the next time it sells beyond that, they'll be kicked back a one-time commission on that resale, you know, and in that way, we're really addressing downstream royalties for collectors. I would love oh, like shit. a bounty program. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. That's, that's so cool. Cause you're, you're, you're really looking, um, you know, you see all, all these mediums, right. Where, you know, it, it, it's tough to see where, their you know incentives are or where where their you know where their mission might be but it's pretty clear that the idea of the launch pad for the artists and, and then giving you know collectors the ability to kind of control their narrative too is um something you don't see too often i guess it's a lot of features that the the mainstream big platforms open and stuff like don't have these really blockchain specific use cases which i think are really fun yeah, and it's it's really interesting to kind of to look at where OpenSea has gone. You know, I was at the Consensus uh, Ethereal conference back in 2017, and you know there was a CryptoKitty selling for 
uh, $20,000 or maybe more, it might've been $60,000 or something. And back then I was like, what is going on? I do not understand this at all. But, you know, as, as the platform has really come together, you know, it kind of hasn't grown beyond that initial model um, so much, you know, the bidding is, is more or less the same. Um, it's grown in volume, you know, being a first mover absolutely has an advantage, but with that advantage comes um, a certain set of incentives that uh, that don't necessarily, you know, inspire change, you know, to be totally honest. And, you know, a move towards like how much volume would OpenSea lose if they had to, you know, check every single piece of work for authenticity, you know, and rate everything for originality before it, it reached their platform. And I think that they had that, you know, that no, no fee minting feature that they released. And I think they, they stopped it because there was 80% were being, <laughs> you know, minted fraudulently. That's, that's a perfect example. You know, um, gives you where, guys lots of ammo, though, a lot of data points to check against. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> and sometimes I look at these data sets and I'm like, they're they're just so big at this point. You know, when we started in our in our data set had, you know, a couple of million NFTs and, and it's grown and we keep adding chains. You know, we're, we're adding Tezos right now. Um, you know, we're adding some other Cosmos projects in all these different games now that are launching on different chains that have their own NFTs. There's, there's a lot of material, you know, and, you know, and there's a lot of room for people to, to, to mess up as a buyer, you know, obviously, yeah. you know what I mean? As a buyer, you know, you can, you can easily get defrauded by going in. And even if you buy something that's a completely original piece of work, right. Um, you know, I'm not going to name call here, but there was somebody, you know, in an open sea, right. Who, mm -hmm. you know, was pumping prices, pumping prices and dumping back on investors. And that's the type of stuff that, that could be easily avoided with the transparency of blockchain. If there's a piece of AI there, that's taking a look at what's actually happening and then giving a recommendation to the buyer so that they can see what the fair market value of an asset is and whether or not there's some kind of manipulation that's happening behind the scenes, whether you can connect the dots between two or three wallets and see that those fun funds are all kind of circling around in the same place, you know, uh, it's, it's, Oh, you know, you'll see of, it on Tezos a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> but that's such an awesome idea. Cause those are two pieces that are like missing in NFTs today, which is like the authenticity running that against all the other NFTs to see how original it is. And then the second part, where, you know, you can kind of see if you're get, getting ripped off based on like the prices and where the money's coming from. And like, you just have so many data points to pull from that you can find out anything. Yeah. And, and it's all available. That's the other thing. It's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's, I, I like to think of us as being uh, revolutionary, but in a lot of ways where we're not, you know, totally revolutionary, right? Because all of this data is out there. It's just right now it requires the collector to do all of the legwork themselves. And when people are so yep. hyped to jump into an NFT and they want to FOMO in and buy, you know, 10, whatever it is on the first day that they drop, 
you know, uh, there there isn't that time to do your diligence and to and to to go ahead and check everything and say, okay, you know, this is this looks like the value is correct. It looks like the team is legitimate. It looks like the content that that is in this NFT um, isn't going to land me in trouble one day or be completely devalued because there's some kind of infringement case or court case around it, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, there's always going to be that argument, well, you know, if the team delivers utility for it, it kind of doesn't make a difference. I really disagree with that, you know, ultimately. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, when you when you talk on utility, when you, it's just such like a trigger word sometimes. We're still in somewhat of like the Wild West. We had this feeling like a year ago, you know, and where <laughs> like when people started coming in and you're like, stuff's flying by you and it's still the same way today and it might even be more that way today because you have all these projects that like you know people are just trying to make a quick buck well you're just like like scratching and clawing to get on a white list and like like it doesn't matter what it's for if you're on a white list that's like you're 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 in a good spot but like yeah a lot of the times you just like you you totally miss the context and what is really going on behind the scenes and this is stuff that's eye-opening to me because i wouldn't have even considered like a platform that would do the legwork for you. You know what I mean? Uh, seriously, this is um, this is stuff that I think is going to be relatively invaluable and, and and become more common because it's going to almost be like a show me your books type of thing. Uh, exactly, and you know, there's there's a couple of different you know aspects of this, right? There's the fact that we can do all of this on a ride chain and protect a ride chain as kind of a sanctuary for NFTs. You know, eventually, you know, as everything gets a little bit more solid and our database is grown, we can really cover, you know, all on-chain content and off-chain content. Then, you know, our chain can really be a solid originating point for NFTs um, that that are being minted. And then, even if they want to sell on OpenSea, we have cross-chain bridges, so you can move your NFT to OpenSea, to Rarible, to Air NFTs on Binance Smart Chain, you know, right now, if you want to, um, you know, and it's only going to, we're actually implementing uh, Gravity Bridge, you know, which is a bridge from uh, EVM-based assets to Cosmos-based assets um, next month. And that's going to make it even, even easier and even more transparent for people to be able to have mobility of those assets. And, and, whether they want to, you know, originate a piece of work on a ride chain and sell it elsewhere, or you know, buy a piece of work from OpenSea and then take advantage of some kind of staking or DeFi opportunity that might exist on a ride chain mainnet, you know, those will be options uh, that they'll actually be able to to realize. Um, beyond that, we we go to the next step. Okay, well, how do we help people that are out there and and creating on OpenSea and buying on OpenSea? And we do that with our NFT audit. And this product will allow you to enter an NFT address, choose your chain, and and see what the history of that is. Receive a really transparent audit. Is the content authentic? Like where is there, is there, what's the similarity to other pieces of artwork that are out there? Does it belong to a collection? What's the floor price of that collection? Is that floor price legitimate? Is there any manipulation in, in that collection, you know? And then the next step beyond that is actually hopefully getting on board with some of these bigger platforms and, and offering a plugin 
um, for these platforms to be able to directly implement you know, these oracles and these audits into their platform where you don't even have to go to OriChain to be able to do that audit. You can, you know, pay a small fee and receive your audit right there in the marketplace and, you know, shorten that time where you can say, okay, this looks cool. I looked at the white paper. I looked at the roadmap. It seems legit. Let's see what's going on here. Has the team rug pulled another project? You know, that's such a, like a basic question, yep. but, you know, in crypto, people are not that good at hiding, you know, they're <laughs> really not that good at hiding. You can find them eventually, you know, if they can find Sifu or whatever from, from Time Wonderland, then they can find, they can find you, man. Like, there's no way that that's going to be, you know, impossible for you to hide forever. And, you know, repeat offenders will, will be caught and, and hopefully one day they won't be able to take anybody's money anymore. <laughs> it makes sense. And I, I think, uh, so this might be a stupid question, but like the way I'm picturing it is like the, the Oracle is almost an extension. Would that extension be like um, something that the platform that you'd be utilizing it on need to sign off on? Or would it be something that like, you know, I myself could have the extension and utilize it, for, you know, on OpenSea or, or, you know, name a given platform. Yeah, How would we, that haven't, be we haven't quite decided yet in the, obviously we would love to have direct cooperation with OpenSea to be able to make these types of products directly available yeah. to their customers without an extension. Um, but, you know, that going the extension route is I think absolutely, um, absolutely an option for us. And, you know, it's something we discuss all the time. Our, obviously our first step is having the audit available um, in its in its complete form, hopefully that'll be ready uh, by Q2 this year, kind of in in its alpha version, and and we'll continue to build out our databases and refine it as we're moving along. Um, and then yeah, and then expanding to an extension, a plugin, um, being able to make it available for users on on major platforms. Because even you know if there's an extension, uh, you know if you're on OpenSea and you don't know about it then you know you're kind of still at a disadvantage to people yeah. that do know um you know and and there's no end to the communities right when i first got into crypto discord was more for gaming it wasn't really you know for crypto yet it was more you know telegram and now telegram's a little bit passe and it's all discord but you know we don't know what the next thing's going to be hopefully it's something where bots can't scam you in your dms um, yeah you know <laughs> well i'd love to be the savvy collectors with the extension let them not know that's what i mean it's because it's, it's an interesting <laughs> conversation because like if you put it in the hands of the collectors you know wh whichever route you like go to, you you end up pursuing like that seems like a way to almost force a platform's hand where it's like okay well if people are going to use it we might as well like it, it would yeah. spread so fast through communities too if like a couple people and a couple servers had it like everybody would be using it pretty quickly i think yeah and i mean i know you guys are probably familiar with collab land and their in their bot yeah you know so we're we're actually developing our our own set of of bots for um for discord as well to help with nft authenticity and being able to use authentic nfts to be able to ask access discord servers and you know and being able to have those products a little bit more available you know directly in the communities where people are talking about things so you know hopefully eventually we will have a whole suite of discord 
you know, focus products. And of course, the second that's done, we'll have to, you know, make it available for a different platform. But you know, <laughs> that's, that's, that's where we'll start, you know, is saying, okay, we want to have all of these different products available, so that people that are in discord and talking about the product can do the check right there, you know, um, you know, should I buy this NFT? don't buy that NFT, you know, <laughs> like that's, it's like a very, it seems so simple. And it's, again, it seems a little bit crazy that nobody else in, in my perspective right now, I look all the time, I cannot find anybody else that's trying to do what we're doing. And this is almost a year into developing this platform. Nobody else has jumped on it yet. And the only reasoning that I can come back to here, well, there's two. One is that people say, well, the blockchain is the blockchain. And so you don't really, if you have the token address, then you don't really need to know all of that. And I don't think that that's totally valid, but I understand the argument. Um, and the other part of it is that, you know, people cannot integrate AI into blockchain. You know, it's, it's, it's not an option. The languages don't mix. You know, there's too much strictness in blockchain for you to be able to say something has to have 100% authenticity for it to be able to be minted on my chain you know it's it doesn't it doesn't work and this is where you know a chain is really looking to make you know qualitative you know assessments of of this work and ai right is using this this data to then say yes you can mint no you can't mint you can receive a verified badge if it's above a certain threshold and if it's not then you might get a warning flag you know saying hey there's this is not a verified piece of artwork, you know. So that's that's kind of where where our push is, and and yeah, I'm 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 pretty surprised that there aren't as many people in the space right now working on these these solutions. But um, you know, there's just not a lot of AI people that seem to be in our space right now. It seems like the AI kind of works like um, a CI/CD pipeline, where it's kind of during software development, it would break the build if say they found like a, a high severity vulnerability, you know, is that kind of like how the code is set up to work with the AI and the blockchain? Yeah. So if in terms of, in terms of when you say vulnerability, what do you mean? Well, I was thinking about like software vulnerability. So like, you know, creating software, they would usually break the build. It wouldn't go to production if it was scanned during the build process and they found a vulnerability. This is kind of like the, somebody would press mint and then it would go and check through all the AI data to make sure that it's authentic. And then it would not let it actually mint unless it hit a certain threshold. So I was just exactly. like, kind of, and, yeah. and, 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 and when it, when that happens actually, so we, we have two steps, we have of generating the asset itself. Um, and then there's a background process that happens where it will check the authenticity. And then, you know, it's very fast for, for images. It'll, it'll return a result pretty much immediately within a minute or so and say, yes, you can, you know, generate this asset um, and, and mint it as an NFT. Um, you know, for video, again, it takes a little bit longer. Right now we're working on a, a sort of bulk minting feature where if you, you know, are doing a bunch of videos, let's say you have a hundred pieces of animated, you know, NFTs that are gonna be minted, uh, they all go into um, a processing, processing NFT screen. And when all of them are ready, you can kind of bulk mint all of them at the same time, which is something that, again, is, is not so much available uh, right now for NFTs. So, um, yeah, that is, that is the idea, you know. And uh, we actually changed when we first released the product. It was a hard, a hard no on, on 
anything that was found to be similar, but uh, it's not very favorable for generative artists, right? Because if you come out with a collection of 10,000 pieces that, you know, a third of them are extremely similar, then you need to be able to bypass that, right? And so this, our way around doing that is by saying, you know, if the address that's minting this collection that is uh, very similar, then it's not going to stop you. You know what I mean? But if the address is different or it's not a verified address that that the original creator has whitelisted to be able to be a creator of this NFT series, then it can't be minted. That makes sense. So I, I, I get the sense that this is like totally flipping the script on you now. Like from your background, are you, were you crypto native before you kind of, you know, found the NFT space or... Uh, what was your intro into, um, I guess, NFTs in general or, or even, you know, crypto on the blockchain? To go all the way back, I came into blockchain like a lot of people came into blockchain chasing Ripple back in 2017. And, <laughs> XRP. <laughs> I mean, back then I was I was hyped. I, I bought it, bought it once, sold it at three dollars and never looked back, you know, um, <laughs> but that that was actually what brought me into the blockchain space because there was so much hype around it. Um, we had this ethereal conference that was happening in New York a couple months later. And I was like, oh man, I really want to be a part of this. Right. And, uh, I met some people that were developing a POS platform, not proof of stake, but, uh, you know, a POS application for restaurants, um, where people can, you know, transact in cryptocurrency and stuff. And I was a, a venue director at the time uh, for a venue in New York City called the Knockdown Center. It was a 3,000 person uh, music venue. And I was like, you know, I really want to be on the, the cutting edge of this and, and get this software into our venue. And uh, I was really excited about it at the time. That company went under and they didn't end up being able to get to market with their product. Uh, which happened with a lot of people during that bear market. Um, so it was really it, uh, kind of, I took a break for for a good while and I stayed in touch with uh, with a good friend from a long time, Rob uh, Benke from uh, Halborn uh, Security. He's the CEO of Halborn Security. And um, I got in touch with him in uh, in December of, uh, of 2020. And I, and I said, hey, you know, where, where should I be looking right now? I really want to want to dive back into, into crypto and, and, and see where it takes me. And he was like, well, check out this Ori chain product. And I got in and I started looking through their documents and, you know, I got really excited about the potential of AI and blockchain beyond just a theoretical application, you know, being able to say, okay, here's a team of PhDs that are out here and run uh, the top I one of the top five IT firms in Vietnam and you know can actually do this um, and I and I just started writing articles to be honest and I wrote, started writing articles for them and they were like you know you seem to have a really strong grasp on AI and blockchain and we would love for you to come in and help us uh, you know generate some content for the AI right product. And um, and some some more documents for their mainnet. So I, I started getting involved in that sense and and doing some writing for them. And and eventually I was like, look, we I have a really clear vision of where you know AI right needs to go and the what the NFT space seems to need right now uh, in as it was growing really rapidly and and in 2021 uh, and and it seemed like there was there was no end to the number of 
of rug pulls and infringement and, you know, people promising utility and couldn't actually deliver on it. So, you know, there was a laundry list of, of, of real um, problems that needed to be solved that can only be solved with AI, you know, and so that's where I kind of was, you know, given the reins by Dr. Chung to go ahead and, and, and start to steer the ship with the team and, and, um, and bring some of these products to market. It's an interesting story because like it's just a, a route that, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, once you kind of dive back in, it's, there's almost, you know, those the kind of one, you know, turn, turn the page moment where it's like a before and after. Um, and it sounds like for you, it was almost like a gradual buildup. And then, you know, naturally to get to the point that you are with, um, with AI right, right now, it, it, you know, I think that's, you know, a good case example of a, a, a lot of situations within this space where, you know, people can kind of create their own path, whether artist collector or, you know, developer in, in any capacity. So I, I appreciate you sharing that. That, that. That's cool to hear. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I've also like, you know, education is such a big part of this, right? I, I went to Carnegie Mellon University. I was blessed with a, a great education. And I, you know, I look at the space and I look at, you know, the nature of education right now. And I, I you know, I get really disappointed that schools aren't, aren't teaching the way that they need to teach, you know, and emerging technology. So often people that aren't willing to get out there and, um, you know, scour the internet for this information basically, and be able to learn on their own are kind of left in the dust. And crypto is really the first example of a sector where anybody can really step in and, and educate themselves and be able to, you know, create their own destiny. And NFTs obviously have have helped so many artists and and different you know business models and business people um, take the reins of their own future. But you know, in terms of being involved directly with protocols and with projects, I always encourage people to just go for it. You know, because there is a huge demand for people that are knowledgeable, but there's there's a lack of education and the people that are self-educating themselves are actually the most valuable people in the space. It's not always the, the creators or the coders that, that, that know every in and out of, of the smart contracts or of the infrastructure. It's people that can step back and say, look, I, I know this industry. I know the art industry, or I, I, I see the, the, the TV, TV world. And I, I see how these things can connect really, but they can't happen unless these three things happen. You know, if, if you're able to, you know, deal with content authenticity, if you're able to, you know, offer solutions for royalties, then you can really start to bridge the mainstream and the, the crypto world to something that's more tangible and usable and profitable for, uh, more than just the media moguls, you know? Yeah, I think NFTs were a big bridge for us because we were not crypto native at all. Like we were buying NFTs with a credit card on Nifty Gateway back in October, November of 2020. And now, you know, we have ETH wallets, Tez wallets and all that jazz. And, you know, it is pretty cool to see it bridging over to the mainstream. I think products like yours make it even easier for not only just individuals, but larger corporations, like you said, to kind of see the the merit in this medium and, and how they can kind of fit into the ecosystem. 
Yeah. And, you know, I think especially the music industry right now, you know, we, we all see it. It's heating up. The music industry is like, you know, salivating over this, you know, Snoop Dogg going to turn Death Row into the first NFT record label and all that. You know, I, I, I love it. I think it's really great. But can we really go there without having, you know, all of these protective measures in place? I think that it, it really needs it. I think that we're kind of in a critical point that if this is going to take the mainstream, that it's time for some of that infrastructure to, to be in place, you know, and it's, it seems like infrastructure that, that Google would have already kind of put up and said, Hey, you know, don't you guys want this? You know, we can do this for you, but they're, they're not doing it. There's no, there's no real movement there. And, and, you know, Arai chain is, is making great advancements and being able to you know, bringing AI functionalities to smart contracts. So, and bringing, you know, the resources like we talked before about for collectors to be able to, um, to be able to check themselves, you know, D-Y-O-R. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's um, a, just going back to like the, the education uh, perspective too, like the, that's a big, um, you know, driving factor to why, you know, me and Tyler are, are you know, have this podcast just to really, you know, get some context, talk to talk to artists, and 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 you know, learn ourselves because there's I don't think there's a better way to learn in this space and to just kind of ask questions. So, um, you know, if you if you think you know what you're doing, I feel like there's always something around the corner that's you know another level of innovation or even you know something like this where you know this is the first time I've heard of any type. Didn't of, even think about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just from like a concept perspective. You know, we went into this conversation pretty raw, just in general, on what you guys were about and, and kind of your your mission and your vision. And um, it's super cool to hear. And and it's just like I said, another level of innovation that um, I think it's important for people to know, and that you know will continue to develop. I thought it was a platform that generated AI art. To be honest, with you. <laughs> you know that is that is something we also do. You know, <laughs> that's just one feature. About- of yeah, a that's, much larger that, ecosystem of features. Yeah, very, a very tiny feature at this point, you know, but yeah, people can go on and, and, uh, and also generate, you know, generate AI art, you know, from, from input that they give or from native language, um, you know, all of that is also available um, for users. But yeah, we're definitely, we're definitely looking to fill, fill the infrastructure, you know, voids that the NFT space is missing right now beyond just um, generating you know, generating NFTs. And, you know, a part of part of what we're also looking at is, you know, now that we're really starting to look at metaverse a little bit more closely is, is how does this thing really function? You know, how do we, how do search engines in the metaverse function? How do, how does, uh, you know, optimizing ads for each user work? How does that data, you know, how is it used? Who owns that data? And, and again, I think decentralized infrastructure for AI is the answer to all of those questions, right? Being able to say, hey, you might contribute your data to help optimize a search engine, but you can earn royalties from the use of your data um, every time it's used in a model. And I think that that's, that's mm. the type of things that, that we're, we'll be looking at, you know, really closely as we're, as we're moving through this year and, and seeing more, um, more metaverses kind of go beyond concept and materialize. Just use cases on use cases, man. <laughs> uh, we'd be, um, remiss not to ask you if you got to work with Brett Boone at all during that, uh, getting that collection together. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we uh I I love I love 
that collection, I, I think that, you know, Brett Boone has always been a legend my entire life. Um, so, you know, and obviously his brother, manager of the Yankees, super excited to, to be able to have Brett come on and, uh, and do an awesome collection with us. It's a uh, all original artwork, you know, he's narrating some of the highlight moments from his, his career, his first at bat, um, his, uh, his record-breaking season with the Seattle Mariners in 2001, uh, where they had the all-time wins, and then talk a little bit about what it's like to be the first third-generation MLB player. Um, absolutely, you know, thrilled to be able to have that little piece of history on our platform and have it available for users. Um, and it's actually going to be one of the first opportunities that we're going to be able to show off our NFT staking. We're offering 24,000% uh, APY on that collection. So if people are buying that collection, uh, they can actually earn uh, the ARI governance token uh, for participating in that collection by staking on the platform. So, you know, really opportunity for us to to collaborate and have him on the platform, but to also, you know, use it as an opportunity to showcase some of our new features as we're as we're rolling them out. It always seems like baseball players. We've talked to two that have become artists um, that that played, you know, MLB minors. It's it's funny that baseball seems to embrace NFT more than other sports besides yeah, Top Shot, I guess, NBA. And it's it's funny too. I've you know I've had some you know conversations with the NBA players and and uh, you know we've we've been talking. Rich and I and Blake have been talking a little bit about um, uh, about a collection with uh, with uh, some NFL players as well, some rookie rookie quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, we've talked to you know Olympic runners and and other people that are looking to jump into the space so there's there's a lot of people interested in in looking to kind of capitalize on the momentum of of nfts to to you know um, get a little bit of publicity obviously and to be able to share a little bit of their legacy in a more permanent way on the blockchain so you know i and there's there's really no limit to the type of people or the type of business that we're seeing enter right there's you know, I've got NFT collections that are looking to create games on on our ride chain mainnet that, you know, they've sold out a 10,000 piece collection on on OpenSea, but they they don't want to launch a game on OpenSea because gas fees are crazy. So they're looking for better alternatives. And, and I think that, you know, there's small businesses that have also reached out that are like, OK, well, how do I fit into this NFT big game? Can can it be, you know, possible for, you know, the Rockaway Brewery to be able to come out here and release an NFT and to, you know, bring our revel relevance, you know, beyond, oh, we sell beer and we're like a beachside bar to being something where, you know, people actually want to know that brand and interact with that brand you know, on a, on a long-term basis, you know? So right now there's a lot of hype around all the big hitters, right? The big brands that want to want to get into the space, but, you know, ultimately the decentralized ecosystem is not only about, you know, the big brands that can afford to to jump in. It's also about the little guy and, and being able to, you know, kind of level that playing field. And, and I'm really excited to see where where the next step of this all goes, especially as as there's more uh, infrastructure available and it's easier to use and hopefully it's cheaper to use, you know, because I, I, you know, when I do the math, sometimes to mint 10,000 NFTs costs 
a ton of money, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you're going to go out there and, you know, so how, how is a small business that, you know, does, you know, $15,000 a month supposed to afford to do their entire, you know, marketing budget spend for an entire year on an NFT collection? Uh, it's, it's a little bit ludicrous. So hopefully, you know, having a, having an alternative network like a chain that is way more affordable and easier to use and also, you know, has some of these NFT authenticity features. It'll, it'll, you know, bring more people into the space. The first brewery that has an on-chain mug club is going to do numbers. <laughs> <laughs> if you can use them in the metaverse and, and, and you exactly. Know. <laughs> yeah, that's totally style. right. <laughs> well, it's been awesome, Tyree. Really enjoyed the time you've given us and learning about AI, right? It sounds like some awesome features are going to be baked in soon and we can't wait to keep watching you guys grow. Thank you very much. And I really appreciate your, your time today. Um, I hope to talk to you guys uh, again in a, in a few months when we're, when we're really popping and we can, we can get out here and tell everybody about this NFT uh, extension where they can go and check, check all their NFTs and make sure that they're not fake before they buy them. <laughs> yeah, man. Keep us in the, keep us in the loop as that, as that continues to develop, we'd be happy to, you know, continue the conversation and just do another spot and, and uh, kind of keep this rolling. I think that's, you know, yeah. AI toolkit. We're about the AI toolkit. Maybe, maybe we'll do a live show in Manch Vegas. I think that's actually. The- oh my God. <laughs> it's funny. My wife and I were like literally yesterday morning, we were like, let's drive to Boston and let's go to the aquarium. And let's we ended go. up going to the, to the Coney Island aquarium instead. I was like, the entire time I was like, God, I really wish we went to Boston. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I just started getting nice out too. Uh, it, it's a, it's a trick. I know that it's going to be terrible in two days, but it was like 60 today. Oh man. It was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it was a treat. But no, man, like, like Tyler said, it was a it was a pleasure to meet you. And, and thanks for the insight on, on what you guys going on. It's some really cool stuff and looking forward to staying in touch and kind of keeping tabs as you guys grow. Thank you very much. Just getting started over here. So we look forward to to continuing this relationship in the future. Sweet, man. Have a great night, guys. Yeah, you too. All right, man. Catch you later. See you, bud. Have a good one. Bye. Damn, that's nifty. single line. I sure as hell didn't know that. Fuck Render built a gallery to raise new artist popularity. What a guy. Yeah, man. Too much lag like a nomad. All his belongings in a single bag. All these things, can't you see? I learned all that's NFT. That's NFT. That's NFT. That's a nifty, nifty NFT. That's nifty, that's NFT That's a nifty, nifty NFT That's nifty, that's NFT That's a nifty, nifty
That's nifty, that's NFT That's a nifty, nifty NFT Damn, that's a nifty NFT